Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is International Women's Day Dan, and with me, as always, is International Women's Day Sarah. <laughs> How are you, Sarah? Uh, oh, I, 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 God, the season started, Dan, and. You know, like how we were saying how last weekend was really good racing. Yeah, I and then just like like the thing is, when we were recording last week and we we're previewing, you know, Strade, and I'm like, you know, afterwards, I I'm sort of mentally recapping, going, oh, I kind of went fairly overboard. Like, you know, I do love this race, but uh, you know, maybe I maybe I overplayed it a bit, and then. <laughs> And yeah. then the race happened, and I was like, yeah, totally undersold it. Totally undersold it. Oh, it was amazing. And I think having the last half hour live was just so special. I mean, I didn't believe it was going to happen because, you know, I am trying to be glass half full at the moment. And so that also means um, hope for the best but expect the worst. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like it's that weird balancing thing where where you're like, yeah, yeah, like it, it'll happen. But then, then you quietly sort of half whisper to yourself, but I'll be ready if it doesn't, you know, so that you don't yeah, get yeah, hurt. Yeah, yeah. You're like trying to prepare your heart so that you're not destroyed if it doesn't happen. Flesh full on, I'm looking at you. Um, Seems like a dating metaphor to me. Well, yeah, I mean, cycling is kind of like dating. It's a lot of, <laughs> lot of hard work for very little payoff. Um, <laughs> It's... You don't even know. You don't even know if she's going to actually turn up on the date. Um... It, well, it's. I mean, it, actually, yeah, dating's probably closer to women's cycling than most other sports metaphors. When you think about it, there's there's, there's almost no one who does it professionally. <laughs> Nobody gets paid. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking calendar changes at a moment's notice. <laughs> Races get cancelled with no warning. And, and every now and then, you find yourself in a fucking campground in the pissing rain with a stringy bit of cold pasta and a sodden baguette for dinner. And, you know, I, I, think, I think it's a metaphor that actually probably holds up a bit too well. Yeah, yeah, but then, when it's good. Yeah, but every now and then, you get Strato Bianchi. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, it was just... To, I just... So I was watching it, watching it in inverted commas, because I was at an adventure syndicate event um, on the, the women and bikes events uh, yes. in Oxford, which, which was lovely. I especially love, though, and I'm sorry, because this is like possibly stealing your thunder a little bit. But when you were telling me about it, I absolutely loved that how you blithely mentioned to me, oh, yeah, I was on the on the panel on the stage and just told them in advance that I was going to be watching race results while the panel's going on. So I checked my phone the whole way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the only it's the only thing you can do, really. I mean, like, it's not like you can turn away or pretend it's not on. And you know, no, no, and, and there were people who wanted the results. I was and in the say, lunch queue, if I was in the audience, the I would have been queue. asking. Yeah, in the, and, if, and in the lunch queue, I was showing, showing, show, you know, showing, showing this great woman I met um, what happens, and you know, on my phone, look, yeah, look, yeah. look, oh my god! <laughs> because I have to tell you, I don't think we're going to be able to get this podcast into an hour today. Um, oh, fuck. That probably means it's going to be like four hours. Because <laughs> when you say it's an hour, you know, we know that it'll it'll come in around an hour and a half, usually. Um, there's no telling what it'll be if, if you tell us it's going to take longer than an hour, though. Holy oh, shit. But wow, Strade Bianchi. So yeah. it's the first race in the Women's World Tour. It's in the gorgeous hills of Tuscany, um... It, you know, we always talk about Strade as the instant classic. It's like the race has been going for a couple of years. 
like seven years for the men or something like that instant classic tuscan hills gravel road sections but even like even the bits without the gravel roads are stunningly gorgeous countryside just just Mm. beautiful beautiful even though it's always raining um beautiful beautiful tuscan gorgeous countryside um and then the finish in siena siena's a world heritage site um it's just beautiful very small narrow um roads uh you know little narrow streets that go up uphill fin that uphill finish through tiny little oh beautiful yeah lots of of tight windy lots of tight windy corners and and climbs through these narrow old streets that you know um it's not it's more sort of flagstone paving you know more than cobbles but you know like like old style streets and it's like it's like it's like everything you imagine like an italian i've never been to italy but it's like fantasy Italy, isn't it, Siena? It's just like it's everything from when you see this the city on the hill and it's got the do, you know dome basilica and it's just it's like fantasy Italy. Uh, and there's a race through it, like exactly. Oh my god! And I'm going to lose my words a lot today because that race was oh phenomenal. I mean, I guess we should start about what happened early on in the race, right? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that makes sense, Um, you know. And it's hard to tell. It is hard to tell because one of the things about Strider Bianchi is the live updates are pretty shit from the race radio. And that's not the purpose. That's not the problem of the um, of people of the people in the race cars. They just don't give them many. They don't give many, many uh, live, many live updates. And that's problematic, annoying. But you know it's it's uh it's also it yeah it's annoying it's annoying and they have one race radio for the men and the women and the race organized pay a lot more attention to the men than the women's race so you kind of like get all these updates going grupo compato and you don't know does that mean that there's nothing's happened or does that mean lots of things have happened but nothing's stuck Mm, and yeah so it was it was um yeah it was it was crazy uh, so, so you kind of don't really know about that that thing. Um, I, it, it's been pretty hard to find out what's happened earlier on in the race. There's a lot of crashes. Um, Elise Longo Borghini crashed. Cassini Doma crashed. There's some great Wiggle High Five posters. Some great videos of Audrey Cordon Rago like yeah. giving her bike to uh, Elisa. No, so Elisa, Elisa Longo Borghini. Yeah, we, I mean Cordon was... just swapped her bike over straight away. It was a, an amazing, you know, and just beautiful bit of teamwork to swap the bike over. Then um, you know, Elisa had to catch back up a bit and then um, orchestrate a swap for her second bike from the team car and all of that sort of stuff. You know, it was um, quite dramatic. Mm. And there's a breakaway in the race, which had Flirty Mackay from Sunweb, Lauren Stevens from Tipco, and Lara Viacelli from Astana, which was the break. And then, but, you know, nothing really happens. Nothing really happens. No, and they really only got, like, 90 seconds or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, because, but what really did happen, the other thing is, is that when they say nothing happens, nothing happens, what they really mean is nothing happens at the front, but the back is shedding. Yeah. Like, like confetti you know riders like confetti everywhere so crashy then it starts to rain and then they come into the last 20k yeah and it's sort of the um i mean it was the second last of the last gravel section um 
where Christy Majerus and um, and Lizzie Danen um, made a move. Uh huh. And yeah, um, so they they sort of um, I don't know that was that was kind of a weird one to me because it was it was almost a um, it was almost not an attack if you know what I mean. It was just more a sort yeah. of like um, Christine was just ready for it, uh, ready for that section and just hit it hard. But it was just one of those sort of um, you know we talk about some writers being like a, a diesel powered writer with a lot of power who. You, who don't have necessarily a big burst, but can just sort of motor away from from someone. It was a bit like that. Um, so anyway, so she sort of had um, you know this this little gap early on that um, that sort of pushed the the peloton um, as such as it was by that stage, as you say, greatly reduced um, to to you know start to take the the race proper, I suppose. Um, and so that was when, um, so Christine, uh, sort of started that move. Lizzie Danen went with her pretty much straight away. Then, um, uh, Orica Scott's, uh, Annemiek Van Vlerten and Kat Galfoot came across a lot just behind, um, Elisa Longo-Borghini, Akasha Newadoma, uh, to form that sort of group of six riders who, who were now at the lead, uh, heading into the, the final See, I didn't. I see. This is interesting because I because I didn't think that Gar. I didn't think that Maya Roos stayed in that group for long. No, she didn't. But that's that's kind of what I mean about. I don't really feel like it was an attack attack. You know, it was one of those. I think she just kind of hit that that um, second last gravel section and just kind of. I don't know. It, it's hard to explain, but it, it's like she. It, it, it's like she just sort of found herself a little bit out in front, and um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Then... I mean, she's a, she's in cyclocross skills, like yeah. at that point, and it, it's like, and it also it's bowls. That's what bowls bowls did. Bowls did that last year because remember, of course, last year this is it was um, it uh, last year it was Cassiano Adoma who attacked who attacked who attacked first, and it was only Lizzie Danen and. Uh, and Emmy Johansson, who could go, yep. who could go with her, but she attacked on a she attacked on a road section. So I reckon this was, you know, this was the pl- this was the plan to launch to launch um, uh, to you know to to to, to launch to launch Damon. So they yep. end up with five, don't they? They've got two Orica Scots, and this is interesting because this is like the third race they did. They've done this in a lot of races so far this season. They've been very good at getting into that final break with Van Vluten and another, and it was Spratty. Yeah, uh, Spratty and Cat you know, Garfoot have both done a pretty good job of making sure they're represented in different races. So, you know, just depending yeah. on the type of terrain and stuff, and it's been them along with Anamique usually, or or the yeah. two of them together um, in the races when Anamique wasn't there. And and yeah, like I really feel like there has been. Um, you know, um, better awareness from Orica riders so far this season in terms of making sure that they're not missing those final breaks and getting not just one but two of them across into them. Um, yeah, and, and it's and it's been very clear in all of those breaks in all of these ones that it's been all about Anamique, hasn't yep, it? Like yep. it's been it's been very clear. We're getting you know the other persons there as a domestique. So once yep. again, we have two Orica Scots in Van Vleuten and Garfoot, Lizzie Danen from Bowles Dolmans. Um, Cassia Nuadoma from WM3 and Elisa Longo Borghini. And yep. in that group, you sit there and you'd expect 
with both Neodoma and Longo Borghini having crashed early in the race, you expect this to be Lizzie Damon's race again. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And, um, you know, but it was a little bit weird because, um, you know, as they crossed that last... Um, gravel sector of the race and they're you know um sort of probably sitting somewhere around the 15 kilometer mark um the chase from the peloton is sort of amping up a little bit and these riders um apparently weren't getting time checks or anything so they weren't sure how much room they had um and so it was one of those really interesting ones where the break worked together for quite a while but sort of hit that point where um i'd say roughly 5k's from the finish um, they started looking at each other and trying to work out, you know, what's the point? Because like you say, you know, Lizzie would have been the, the rider to, to really watch out for at that point. And, yeah. and you know, who's going to take them on? And and that's the part to me that's also then interesting about Orica because while they've clearly stepped up in terms of that situational awareness that's allowing them to get, you know, one or two riders into these breaks then they're not capitalising on the advantage that these two riders have. If Bowles had had a second rider in this group, we would have seen from 10 kilometres out consistent attack and counter-attack until oh, something yeah, yeah. broke. Same, same, with, same with Wiggle. I mean, if that, yeah. had been Voss and, if that had been Voss and Uodomo, it would have been lunacy. Yeah, yeah. But, but, or, and, yeah, and, or, and this yeah. is the problem, and is it's... that you can't, have, you can't have someone come over to an elite break and sit in as a domestique. They have to be doing something to to yeah. ignite the thing that is, group. The thing is, so I don't know if because I mean, and we saw this with Sunweb just last week um, with uh, in the, in the Omni Noiseblad, where it was uh, uh, Ellen Van Dyke and Lucinda Brands together. Mm. And yep. they did, and you know, and from the you know from the kind of five k to go thing, they were definitely definitely using that two rider that yep. two rider advantage. But yeah, it was. But I, but I think because Garfoot kept falling off the break and coming back, she was barely holding on. Yeah, so I guess, yeah. I guess it should be impressive that she that she got to the foot that she well, actually stayed there. Yeah, no, and that is that is a good point, and that's a fair point. You know, it may be a case of you know not capable um, in terms of e- energy spent and energy left um, of taking on that sort of more aggressive attacking role. Um, but if that's the case, then, you know, my point still stands as that's the next piece of the puzzle that Orica really have to work on is yeah. is managing that effort and managing themselves in that position because, um, you know, it, it could have been a, a markedly different finale if um, if Kat had been able to even just stay with the group to free Anamik up to, to make attacks on her, you know, um, behalf yeah. and, um, and have Kat sit in for a while or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it looks so it looked like it might be a repeat of last year when you know with the with it, the break last year it was three riders you know where they almost kind of were track standing at the bottom of the hill and then let's scream up I, through Siena I swear I was I was you know I was really excited anyway because it was such a such a cool group and such a, a cool um sort of collection to to take into that situation that I was sort of resigned to the po- the distinct possibility of that um and i was going to be okay with it and then something that i basically almost i don't think i could ever in in a million years have predicted that i would be saying what i'm about to say it it was the most exciting and dynamic and unlikely thing i could think of to happen which was that shara gillo for fdj bridged across from the peloton to the lead group and then just rode straight past everyone and Lucinda Brand came with her 
like, I think what's the actual fuck? That. It was like, because you could see them chasing to catch, chasing yeah. to catch with Gillo in the front. And, and Gillo, Gillo, a couple of years ago, Shari Gillo was seen as like an, an ex big thing for, for Australian cycling. Yeah. But then, you know, she kind of, she kind of, uh, you know, she, she won a zero stage with a solo attack. She, yep. um, she was, but she was a, supposed to be a time trial champion, but she seemed to just lose it. And she seemed to, especially nerves affecting her in the biggest races in the world. And she's become more and more of a domestique over the years. Like, you know, she, you yeah, know, when you, yeah. you know, when you're an Australian and you're dropped by Orica. Yeah. Yeah. There's 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 an issue, and she was domestiquing for WM for for, for Rabolev, and I had just thought Shara Gillow, yet yeah, she's one of those riders who, uh, to be honest, remember we were saying we were thinking this a little bit like Chloe Hosking. She was a rider who had a lot of promise, but was probably better off from you know being yeah, a, being a you know being domestic being a domestic being a domestique. Yeah. You know she she it it just is what it is. But this move was just insane like oh it was amazing to and it was worth seeing it from the helicopter shot as well yeah yeah i mean this because is the thing it was, it was she had so much speed up and so much power into it it was it was it was one of those i i almost think half of the reason that they went past is actually that they overshot you know like like it would have wasted too much energy to hit the brakes and join the group they just coasted <laughs> well the other thing is though the other thing is though is that for Lucinda Brown it was the cleverest thing she could possibly oh, yeah. do because Brand, Brand's got a good climb on her but she is not Cassia Neodoma uh, Elisa Longo-Borghini yeah, yeah. Lizzie Danon like yeah, that, I mean yeah. think so it kind of makes sense that if you're with these if you know these riders at the front the best thing you can do is to get up that climb as far ahead in the and just hope that you get it. Exactly, and hope just that they get don't... as much of a lead out as you can. But see, this was the thing that was amazing to me because then that that's exactly it. Like it was about three k from the finish when Shara and Lucinda shot past, and they hit the start of that climb. Now they've cooked themselves hard. You know that's a major maximum effort to to get that move going and get across. And Lucinda starts to pull away from Shara and actually enters the the lower parts of that climb without her. And then Shara catches back up, and I'm watching this going, "Oh my god! This 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 race that like literally 30 seconds ago I thought was basically all sewn up there for Lizzie to take, is is now this completely different thing, and I genuinely have no idea what's going to happen. I don't. I'm so confused right now. I don't even know what to cheer for, which is like oh, amazing. It was so yeah. good. And then, and so you've got, so you've got Shara Gillow and Lucinda Brown hitting the lower slope side by side, and then it's like, right, well, it's now changed. It's it's Brandon, it's Brandon Gillow who've got this, who've got this race so yeah, Wow, yeah. you know, well, you know, my money would be on Gillow on those clients, but but Lucinda Brown's very good technically. Yeah, exactly. And, and and I'm looking at it and I'm going, oh my god, this could be like I didn't even dare to dream of an Aussie win last week. Like, what the hell? This is insane. Oh. And, and then behind them the chase because the thing that i really liked was that when they when they when they lose powered past i mean it might have been a stupid move but i don't care you know it might be yeah. more sensible to join that group and to try and you know to change it change change you know hey, get some breathing space no guts, no but, glory you know no guts yeah yeah exactly exactly it's it's like and especially for lucy you know especially for a rider like brand it's like because the thing that was really funny was just watching on the aerial shot the other riders just looking at them going like what? What yeah. just happened? <laughs> like, 
what the fuck? And then, and then also that secondary thing of all looking at each other, going, "Well, which one of you's gonna chase?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like it was the extension of that that argument that they'd already been silently having, you know, of who was gonna yeah. attack and who was gonna take it on, and oh, well, yeah, and so who was gonna chase? Oh my god, uh... it was heart in the mouth, like just craziness and the other thing that i always forget too is when you hit the lower um parts of the climb into sienna i always forget how far into sienna you actually have to go and it winds up being a lot longer uh climbing than than i initially think it's going to be you know um yeah and that could just be an indicator of how much action the the riders managed to pack into that climb but it is it is just such a such an intense situation and, and amazing thing so we've got you know uh brand and and um gillo hanging on at the front and and sort of um both clearly like they you can see the effort that it's taken for them to get themselves into this position but they're they're committed now and they're just giving it everything and they're they're toe-to-toe wheel you know wheel width to wheel width just battling it out trying to get up this climb yeah and behind but behind them the other riders, there's there's three of the group, and I want and I wish we could have, have had cameras on the group on the on on that on that front group all the time because I want to know what happened. I want to know who chased first. I want to know who attacked yeah. first because you because behind them and catching them and passing them is Lizzie Danan, Elisa Longo Baldini, and Cassie Nuadoma. And they're. I don't want to. I don't want to make it sound like they do. Oh, it and, Van too Blu- and maybe Van Bluten as well. I mean, you know, at this point, it's like I, it's just I watched yeah. it over and over again. It's like, oh, what the fuck is going on? I have no idea. I love oh, it. It was so much. It was so much action packed and and just beautiful. Because this is the other thing is that we've got you know as we said earlier the the streets as you climb into Siena are, are naturally quite narrow and so. Um, you know, before they're caught, we've got uh, Lucinda and Shara riding side by side, but sort of probably like um, the you could fit another two cyclists between them if you were riding shoulder to shoulder, touching sort of thing. Like there, there would be room, but that means it's also not easy for the chasers to pass them because there's passing between yeah. them, there's passing out either side. But when you've got four riders trying to get through space for say three cyclists you know and everything's moving and there's corners and stuff all at the same time it becomes you know technically complex um and so it was it was a really sort of interesting catch and it was also interesting because of the relative speed you know these chases are are definitely more um naturally suited to the climbing than lucinda brand for example um shara maybe if she was slightly fresher would have would have had um, more energy and, and uh, strength to stay with them longer or, or compete with them through the climb, but as it played out, didn't happen on the day. So eventually they get past, and like you say, it's it's a little um, chaotic just trying to work out who's where and who's what, but all of a sudden they sort of make it through these bottlenecks and we see Cashinua Doma and Elisa Longo-Borghini get a little gap. <sighs> Oh, and at this point, I mean, I am. Uh, the thing is, is when you're watching this on 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 your on your getting your updates from Twitter, you're sitting there. I want them all to win, you know. I mean, like I want Cassia to. I want Cassia to win because she was second last year. She's so good. She's such a strong runner. She wants to win. I want Elisa to win because you know she's Italian and she really wants. You know, she. It would be really, really important for her. She's going really well. We've talked about in the past. Elisa Longo Borghini is a rider who's very much her confident. You know, she doubts herself a lot. You know, yep. I want Shari Gello to win because oh my god, you know, and I want Lucinda Brand to win because I love Lucinda Brand and and you know, and I mean, Van Vleuten to win. You know, blah blah blah. You're just like wow, this is this is 
incredible. Yeah. Like, it's, it, it would just be, I don't know who I want to win. I want all of them to win. Can they all go on the podium at the same time? Oh, my God. It's just... Oh, and, and, and it's insane. And and let me just be really clear, too. When I say a little gap, I mean, like, a little gap, like, maybe five metres. Like, it's a tiny gap. It's noticeable just because there's so few riders. But that's that's what they got to start with. And, and you're like, you know, and you notice it mostly because it isn't going away. Like, it's not the normal flex mm. of a group of, you know, someone puts on a little bit of a burst, but they get pulled back or whatever. It, it's staying there, and then slowly it starts to grow. And as we work through the climbs and through the back streets of, of Siena, um, it, it little by little increases. Oh, my God. It's just... It's just so, ugh, heart and, and, and mouth this sort point, of stuff. And you also think that anything else can happen. That's the other thing. It's, you're yeah. like, well... These two have got a gap, but can anyone else catch them? What's going on? And they just and they ride together, but then they pull away, and you know, actually, it's between these two riders. And that's it's it, between Elisa Lunko Borghini and Cassie and, Cassie and, and it's amazing and, because it's it's this thing of you know, it's still raining, it's still wet. These roads are insane. You know, there's there's um, crowds everywhere cheering and, and that five meter gap has grown out to say 10 meters or, or 12 meters or whatever and and stuff and it's like you say it's it's you know that it's these two but it's still so close like you're only one slip away you're only one mechanical away from everything changing again you're only you're only one Lizzie Danan standing up and going ha ha I fooled you all and then riding past everyone away from the whole thing changing and and it doesn't but the other thing that you start to notice as they get to the towards the top of the climb and through the last few corners is this amazingly beautiful job that Elisa Longo Borghini is doing of positioning herself through every single turn oh it was like i mean Elisa's Italian. This is an Italian race. It's a very, very special race. You know, it's very, very special. It's always special for Italians to win to win mm. on home soil. But you just got the impression that Elisa had been had has been has been stalking this race. Yeah. You know, it looked like she knew exactly where she wanted to be in every cor- in every corner. She looked like she'd been you know, you know like how um in mountain in, in downhill you see the riders they, they, they you know, they practice on the course, they yeah. watch it on their GoPros. And you can, and it's you know, it's over, and it's only it's only a couple of minutes a downhill run, and yep. the riders will be. You can see them at the top, like visualizing the run. Some yeah, of them. you can see them memorizing. Kind of, There's a rock here that I want to dodge. There's a rock here that I want to hit for a bit of a jump, and you know. Yeah, and like yeah, that, they'll yeah. be they'll be kind of swaying backwards and forwards, like moving that you know, kind yeah. of like moving as they will be as they've been moving. You know, visualizing, basically visualizing this race, and you know that you know you know that that that's what they do. They get to the course from the practice run onwards. They're just learning the course inside out, and that's what it looked like. Elisa Longo Borghini had been doing. Like oh, it looked it like Elisa. Was, it was. It was. It was like she was. It, it, I mean, she was. She wasn't riding a course. She was riding a trail on the course. Exactly. You know, she. She. She knew exactly where she wanted to be. She knew what position, what line she wanted to take through each corner, and she made sure that she had that position. Um. And and it was it's quite subtle really because it wasn't like she was aggressively moving to block Kasia or anything. It was just every time Kasia came to a point where she might have been able to make a move, she couldn't because the door had already been closed. Yeah. And because it's so because it's so small. Yes, yeah, yeah. so she wasn't. It's not like she was riding with her elbows out. No, you no. know, and and it's just that she was taking her lines so yeah. so beautifully. Well, she just knew exactly where to be, and that's where she was. It was a, it was just gorgeous. 
Yeah, and it's um, there's a so so she's got um, so they're coming into the Piazza del Campo, the finish, and there's this there's this there's this quote from Elisa Longoborghini on the Wiggle High Five thing. She's I just went full. I knew that the first the first to be in that right hand corner into the into the piazza would be the first of the finish line. I just went full, and she won, and. Oh, my eyes literally, I'm watching it on Twitter, you know, like I'm not yeah. even seeing it live. My my eyes just filled with tears because that's Elisa Longo-Borghini. We've said this before. She doesn't win very often. You know, she's not a rider who will get like, who chalk up like, um, you know, 16 wins in small races throughout her career because throughout her season. Yeah, yeah. Because she's very, because, you know, she's a, she's kind of a pretty specialised rider. She's a pretty specialised classics rider. She never has the strongest sprint in a group, you know, and and and, and her her wins tend to come from, you know, um, her taking advantage of of unexpected opportunities, and um, you know, yeah, and she's and she's just she's just extraordinary. But when but every time she wins, it's a really fucking big deal. Like she won when she won the Strade Bianchi and so I went with the Trofeo Binder in her first you know her first World Cup win in that amazing season that she had where it yep. really looked like she was going to win the Giro but she had that awful awful almost life-changing crash yeah in the Italian National Championships where she ripped her stomach open going underneath a barrier a road barrier and and broke her and broke her pelvis like like that was a really big deal and she yep. lost you know she lost some of her her confidence after that crash, you know, I mean, as you would, it was yeah, a really, yeah, exactly. really devastating crash. And then she won Flanders from a breakaway that shouldn't have worked, you know? So, yep. so this is the interesting thing. And, um, you know, she's, she's, she's won. She's, she's such a special rider, but she's only got like a couple of wins on her, on her Palmares. Yeah. Like just, but she's, She's always, you know, she's but always a rider who makes the who makes races so exciting, exactly, you know. And she's exactly, and and that's the thing is, like, she doesn't have a lot of wins, but they are good wins. They're strong wins, and they're they're notable races. And also, you know, the other part of it that that um, also is worth mentioning is that um, she's also often found herself needing to play. Um, domestic or, or sacrificial roles for teammates in other races and and stuff too, which oh yeah, you know, which is also part of why she doesn't have you know the the longest list of of victories um, to a Palmares, but but you know, it, it, there's no question she's a, a strong, smart you know, and 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 very worthy cyclist. It's just you know combination of luck and opportunity and and whatever else that have brought us to this point but that's part of what makes it so so poignant and and you know awesome to to see her win like you said earlier you know the the italian instant classic of strade bianchi you know a home race for her essentially um and in such such an amazing way and you know she had her mum and her boyfriend waiting behind the line because you know they 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 wanted she wanted this mm. she's wanted this she's targeted this. We saw how amazing she was last last week last week riding you know yeah. riding for Yogi Dora's win in Van Hageland riding for her own you know getting out there. And there was this there was this great little exchange between Ellen Van Dyke because she was out in breaks with Ellen Van Dyke last last weekend, and Ellen had told her, "I told you." <laughs> <laughs> 
And so that she's crossing the line and she is all emotion. She is just overjoyed and ecstatic and can't believe it. And just, just, she says she's going to, it's just amazing. She said, she said, of course it was her team. Um, she's, she says she's going to remember this all her life. Yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, she gave these great little interviews, um, you know, with it saying, um, how much she enjoyed it, but you know, in particular, I mean, obviously, but it quite nice. You know, she thanked her team. She also gave a special shout out to Audrey Cordon for giving up her bike so quickly when she had that crash, and um, and helping her there, and all of that sort of stuff. Um, you know, it, it just again, it's Elisa. She always is, but she's so classy. Oh, she's so classy, and it means I don't know. I I am so happy she won. I literally, I mean, I'd have been happy. This is the weird thing when you have a hundred favourites. You know, I would have been happy for. I would have been. I mean, I, I'm quite. If I didn't want anyone to win, I didn't want Lizzie Danen to win. You know, not because I've got anything against Lizzie Danen, but because Bowles won everything last year, and Lizzie won it last year, and yeah. and Megan Guarnier won the first. Yeah, you, you know, won, you won, want, won the first ever race. You want the plot twist in the sequel. I mean, that's the thing. You always, yeah. you always and want the not, slightly different not, ending. That's, that's yeah. It's yeah. not. It's not like uh, anyone, but I wasn't anyone but Lizzie. Like by no, any stretch of the no. imagination, you know, it wasn't like if if it was I don't know Hannah Solovey or someone. <laughs> I it's it's like it's it's just it's just it was so good and it's so and it's so special it feels there's something that just feels i mean i would have loved the fairy tale win of gillow and brands oh you know? yeah absolutely i mean look i'll be 100 percent honest the only yeah i'd have loved neodoma as well the only thing for me that really could have been better would have been if gillow had had somehow managed to to hold on and then find some energy to sprint away from from brand just at the at the crest or whatever or something like that like that's pretty much the only thing that could have made me go wow that was even better but you know as it yeah. as it is this is it was such a such a hard fought and such a compelling finale and you know iconic roads iconic weather like just everything that you could hope for um, it was, you know, and it wasn't decided by a crash. It wasn't decided by, you know, um, some sort of mechanical. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't, there was, there were no negatives. There was nothing, there was nothing bad where you can point to it and go, oh, well, that ruined that race for Rider X or whatever. No, this was just a great race and a great race finish. Yeah. And it's got, um, so Elisa Longo Borghini won. Two seconds later, Cassie and Uadoma, and that's with enough time for Elisa to cross the finish line, arms in the air. Yep. Uh, Lizzie Danen in third. And there's some really interesting Lizzie Danen comments, actually, in, in the Bowles report, which I'll get onto. Lucinda Brand, uh, she was five seconds behind. Lucinda Brand, eight seconds behind in fourth place. And Anique van Vleuten in ninth, bringing up a little, um, and behind her, Three Oracles, no, Shari Gillow's FTJ, of course, but yep. so, but there are three Oracles in the top ten. But after Anamit, there's three Australians, Shari Gillow from FTJ in sixth, 12, 12 seconds back, Kat Garfoot from Orica, 18 seconds back, and Amanda Spratt, who must have been chasing out of the chase group, also Orica, eighth, yep. uh, 36 seconds back. Cecilia Utrip Ludwig for Savello Bigler, Bringing in, uh, bringing you know, coming in together with Eleanor Cicchini, finishing ninth and tenth respectively, um, one minute and six seconds back. Then Claudia Lichtenberg, Sophia Begin, uh, Yannick Ensing, uh, yeah, Danny King in sixteenth, Caroline Canwell, a Ball Stolmans rider in fifteenth, Danny King in sixteenth, Mariana Boss in seventeenth, Ash Moorman eighteenth, uh, Lauren Stevens who'd been out in the break nineteenth, uh, and Leah Kirkman twentieth. 
Yeah, so like quite an amazing thing. And look, the the time gaps on the top five in particular um, don't really show how close it was. Um, when you watch the video, you can actually see that you know um, that that two seconds basically came because Kasha realised that Elisa was going to beat her and and stop pedaling for the last you know two yeah. seconds as she coasted across the line or whatever. And and I don't mean that to take anything away from her. I'm just saying it was a really really competitive finish. And when you've got one to five and a maximum of nine seconds between them um, on a climbing finish uh, on a technical finish. Um, you know, you know, it was really close in competitive racing. So yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, so let's go to just Lizzie Danan's comments in Bo- in the Bowles report because that's quite interesting. So she starts out saying that she hadn't expected to race to to be on top form, and there's no way she was near top form. And I don't know what I think when a rider says that. I mean, Lizzie, oh. she's not really. And look, I, I, this might be unfair of me, but I, I do have a bit of a view of Lizzie always being eager to, to not so much make excuses, but sort of explain why she didn't win. Like she always feels a bit defensive to me when she's when she's not having won, because you, know, you so often hear her talk about, oh, the group didn't work together, or no one was was really going after the win, or couldn't organize a chase, or whatever. And it's like, well, you could have, like. Well, yeah, I mean, Lizzie, one thing about Lizzie Danan is she's very, very active at yelling at people to make cause chases. I think about last year's race where you could see her talking to um, Emma Johansson and Cassia Neodoma and Johansson was just like, "Not, no, nothing to do with me, nothing to do with me. <laughs> and, and, you know, Danan's one of those riders who you can see, like, waving her arm at people in the break, you know. So she says, I couldn't have expected a podium. I was here working for the team, but Anna van der Breger didn't start because she was ill. And Megan Guarnier was injured from her crashes last week and pulled out because she had a, you know, she was, she was, she was uh, after one of the gravel section. So she said, I didn't expect to be in the breakaway and contribute to it. But she's really interesting because she does have this thing where she says, um, well, she's praising um, Christine Mayer. She says, in that last gravel section, everyone was strung out. There was a descent into it. If you're on Christine's wheel, you're going to be 100 metres away from anyone else anyway. She is such a beast. <laughs> 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 Which is awesome. But she also says, um, Orica couldn't or wouldn't commit to help in the breakaway. In the end, it was cat and mouse into the finish, which wasn't great because two came up from behind with 3K to go. She said, um, I didn't know they were coming. There were no time checks or anything. We didn't know what was going on. What she does say is um, is she said that she tried to go with Elisa and Cassia, but there was like a motorbike in her way. And I tend to believe that, actually, because we saw early on in the race, um, you can see when they're in the brake group, the, 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 the commissaire's car behind the motorbike, like uh, or commissaire's bike, like really trying to get the TV camera bikes out of the way. And yep. you think on those narrow streets, so I can see it happening. It's funny because, you know, when a rider has simultaneously, oh, I wasn't at my best, I couldn't have even expected a podium, and, oh, but I couldn't get into the final group because <laughs> there was someone in my way. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, exactly. I, like, I, like, I believe, I believe that it's plausible. Um, but let me just put it this way. I'll be going back to watch the race video again in detail to, uh, to form my own opinion about the veracity of that statement. Well, I mean, the thing—the other thing about Lizzie Danan is, obviously, last year she had her three missed tests, mm-hmm. um, and that's—I don't think that Lizzie's. I've said this all along. I don't think Lizzie is a. I don't think Lizzie Aunt Lizzie Damon, Danan is a is doping. I don't. Um, I, I, God knows, I've said that about enough riders in the past, but yeah, um, I don't think she's doping. I just think she was stupid. But it's coloured 
how I take her comments. You know, before this, I would say, Lizzie, she doesn't lie. She just, you know, she just she just comes out with exactly what's on the top of her head. Yeah. Um, it doesn't make her always the most likable rider. She's very honest. She's, she just says what she's feeling. Now I don't know. Like, there's a part of me that's like, that's just, that just has that question. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Spe- and, and, and that's the thing for me is like, you know... It, that's a very plausible thing and it could well be the case and and look the odds are also very good i'll go back watch the video again that i'll be like ah you can't tell like you know the camera cuts to a different angle and and you can't see so maybe she did get held up i can't tell whatever you know but it's also i don't know i just like like much like you i just i i am less inclined to take everything she says at face value anymore yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I, I, yeah, it's, I, I, I but, but equally, I can see, you know, I, I wonder what her goal is. You know, if she's saying that she's nowhere near in top form, I can also believe that too, because yeah. you know, there's riders who are going to be going for flesh. There's wide riders who are going to be going for who are going to be going for uh, Liège. You know, I mean, I think, I think there's a lot of riders who'd like to be the first woman to win Liège Baston Liège. And although yeah. we've had an Amstel Gold in the past, I think there's. You know, Amstel is a very important race for Bulls Dolman, so I can legit see that Lizzie Danon isn't going to be on form until, you know, her peaking is she is peaking absolutely for the Ardennes week. Yeah, yeah. No, I can, you know, I, I can I, see I, that. I, I can see I, that. So, I can, so, yeah. so, so it's like it's like swings and roundabouts. But I do really, really enjoy. What I really want to say is I really love the Bowls race reports. Jessie Braverman, um, who who writes them, does such a good job. You know, she's really, and what I love about them is she doesn't shy away from having things that could be, you know, controversial. And I loved, I've always loved this. I always loved the way Emma Johansson used to, you know, used to always call out people who she felt weren't breaking in, yeah. in the breaks, Shelley Olds. You know, she, like, the, the Emma Johansson, Shelley Olds feelings towards each other came across quite clearly, didn't it? And, and I like that. I like, what I love most is, is the fact that we're, here we are we've got video we can go back and watch it we've got these these quotes that we could have huge arguments about in the pub you know what i mean like we could sit in the pub and go oh no but but you know i think lizzie i think it's just an excuse isn't it and then no no i think she's pretty open i love that you know we didn't used to have this in women's cycling we used to have the and then what do you think happened i've no idea (laughs) yeah and and then you just got to try and cobble it together from what you can reconstruct from twitter race reports and and a vivid imagination basically um you know now we we can actually go look at a lot of these things and and this race i'm so so glad that we got the the video that we did get of this race i mean of course i always want the whole thing live but hell if we if we only get the last half hour live boy what a last half hour you know i i don't know how and i'm pretty sure i said this about strade last year actually i don't know how the peloton's going to top this i look because that was incredible you know when you're thinking um so last year i did for velo voices their part a post of their poll uh, of, of my races of the year, yeah. you know, my, my five, my five top races of the year. This is there. It's like, it's there already. You know, yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. well, is... bookmark everything because this race was the most incredible race of the year. But this is, yeah, but that's the thing. There's a whole year of racing ahead of us. Like, it, you know, there's so much more to come. And I think part of the reason this race was so amazing is, you know, like pause and look at that top five again. And they're five different teams. 
you know yes is, yes and is, we said this we said this about the venn diagram last weekend didn't we at the yep. opening of the opening three at the opening three classics that of course there's crossover in the middle and of course and, you know and it's elisa longo borghini is that is the is the is the middle is the midpoint of the is yeah. the midpoint of the venn diagram and all of them but yeah look at them it's it's lucinda brands and and elisa longo borghini but yeah we've got a whole new set of riders and a whole new you know yeah and it's... and a whole bunch of team dynamics and 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 you know also different skill sets as the as the races open up as we get more of the different kinds of races that suit different strength riders and and different team tactics like i you know i i don't want to rule this out as possibly being you know the race of the year it's definitely going to be one of the races of the year um but there's a lot of racing ahead of us and there is a lot of open questions in the in the season ahead yeah yeah and i love that it's it's so exciting i mean can you know already this time last year balls dolmans had won three races in no they'd won more hadn't they no they they'd won they'd won they'd won three races at the classics yeah at the opening five races they haven't won one yet yeah, so you know, it, it's... and I'm, I, and I'm, and they have got injuries, they have got illnesses, sure, and also, and also, just on the law of probabilities, it would have been a really, but I'm really excited for when they win, when they inevitably win their first race. I, you know, this isn't an unsuccessful season for balls. No, Last no. year was just phenomenal. Yeah, but exactly. It's, not, it's nice. It's nice for the sport that they're not winning all the time. I mean, I'm sure bowls would disagree with me vehemently, <laughs> but it's nice. It's nice for the sport that they're not winning all the time. You know, we said yeah, at the yeah. start. Would bowls? I mean, you know, there's plenty of time for them to win everything else. You know, like we could have a non-stop Lizzie Dane and three Ardennes in a row. You know what I mean? Like, like, like they're, oh, they're it, a very, very. It's entirely, it's entirely possible that we will have that, but you know, and if we do, that will be exciting in its own way. What I'm, what I'm really interested in is simply that, you know, as we suspected when we looked at the start of the season and how the transfers at the end of last year were going to lead into this year, we said that Peloton's going to get a lot more competitive and. And it is. It's a lot more competitive. I mean, you know, the the biggest standout when you're looking in terms of teams that that really sort of um, impressed me was, like you said, three Orica in the top ten. This isn't the kind of race where I would have predicted that. And it's not because there aren't three riders in Orica who could be. It's that the way Orica usually races these types of races, I wouldn't expect that. I would expect maybe one, two at the outside, you know. And so you get little notes like that as well as the diversity of teams represented and you're going, okay, well, you know, we've got Eleanor Cicchini for Canyon Shram coming in at 10th and we know that Eleanor can race bikes. Like, yeah. you know, like like this is exciting. This is interesting. We've got Anamique Van Vleuten who is showing that she's on form and, and there and thereabouts at the moment, but there's there's still plenty of classics to come. There's still time for her to, to win races. We've got... You know, um, Lizzie Danian hasn't won her race yet for to open her account for the season. You know, and uh, you know, nothing's ever certain, but she's as certain as can be that she's going to win something. Um, yeah. You know, we've got Kasia Niodoma, who since last year has just been threatening to to tear open the entire sport and win everything there is to win, and and we all know that it's essentially a matter of time until she starts becoming that super dominant rider and here she is again at the pointy end of the peloton like this is this is the 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 opening world tour race but but it is opening the whole world tour for the year you know it's it's there is so much here to look forward to and be excited about because there's so much that can play out 
I'm I'm oh. I'm just so pumped. Like this is the thing. Like I said at the top, you know, last week we ended, and you know, I felt like I was being a bit hyperbolic and sort of you know comedically playing up how much I love this race. And then the race happened, and it was better than I was making it sound. It was fucking phenomenal. And oh, I. Yeah. It's the type of thing where you just, it's like the Cyclocross World Championships. That's the race at the weekends. So I was, you know, it's so nice to be surrounded by amazing bike women, like from all sorts of backgrounds, from all sorts of cycling. But like just getting to talk about, oh my God, the Cyclocross World Championships wasn't it incredible. Wasn't it incredible? And then this is another race like yeah. that, you know? Yeah. And, well, and exactly. And actually, that's a really good one because like we talked about at the time, you said, um, that it was a race, you know, we talked about how it was a race that really opened cyclocross up for me, you know, and, and I commented something to the effect of how it was one that I felt I could show to someone who didn't know cyclocross and go, see, this is what it's about. This, you know, edition of Strata Bianchi, like those, those highlights, that last half hour, or even the last 15 minutes, I feel like I could show to someone who doesn't watch cycling and go, see why cycling's so exciting? Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's great and and I think it's it's interesting. I think that there are some there are some bad points from this race. I mean, I think the race organisers that the not getting not getting the riders any information. Mm. I mean, I guess in a way it's like riding without race radios, but you don't even have a chalkboard. You know, the race yeah. organisers make it very clear, very clear that this is secondary to the men's race. Although I think with you know when you have an Italian champion like that 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 changes things for Italians. You know, that, that's a big, that's a big fucking deal. Yep. You know, um, it, it's, so some people say, oh, well, you know, if Yolene Dora won Flanders, um, it would, it would change cycling in, in Belgium. And I always answer, well, when Grace Rebecca won Flanders for a Flandrian, you know, racing for a Flandrian team, it didn't, it didn't change things. Although I think that Yolene is a more media, you know, she's already got a higher media presence because of, the, of her Olympic, you know, the Olympics. Yeah. yeah. But this, but being an Italian rider winning an Italian race is, and such an amazing race and in such good style is just, that's, it's, it's perfect. It's perfect. It's like, you know, I, I do think there was motorbike issues in that race. I think there's issues about not getting enough um, coverage. I'm really pissed off that this, that this live, the fact that it was, you know, that, that there was going to be live coverage was really hard to find any yeah. information out about because, you know, it was the hour, first hour. It wasn't the first hour. It was going to be on Eurosport Player. They apparently didn't, like, keep it on Eurosport Player. It was only live. Right, like okay. there's there's all this stuff that you're just like that. There is some there is some stuff that's a bit shit to yeah, be honest, yeah. and it's not all perfect. Uh, but but the thing is is, and this segues into something else that happened this week. It showed that when you give the women the chance to ride these races, holy shit, they bring it like in in epic ways. So there's two things just before I segue. One thing is I really liked um, Tom de Moulin, a Dutch Dutch rider, had said uh, had said, "Ah, oh, you know, I didn't ride the cleverest race. I didn't, you know, I didn't. It wasn't. It was wow, but you know, and I'm so hurt so much. But wow, you know, fifth feels good." And and Lucinda Brands like tweeted him back, went, "Yeah, I know what you mean, Tom. Or don't complain, Tom." Or something. <laughs> <laughs> and she tweeted about how she died a thousand thousand times in that race. And, uh, and Lucinda Brand is just such good value, you know. I mean, she's coming. She's coming into into. She was in good form. You know, she she was on cyclocross form. At some stage, she's going to have to have a break because you know she came from yeah. the end of the cyclocross cyclocross season. But I knew I'm so excited about Brand being in a you know team captain. I'm, I was really excited about Roxana Knatesman 
seeing what Roxana Knaysman can do as, as a team captain in FDJ. But there's Shari Gillow saying on Twitter after she's after after years of being the domestique, she'd almost forgotten what it was like to go for the win. Yeah. And that wasn't the clever. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, the thing is, is these things are clever in hindsight, isn't it? Like, like, like. It, oh yeah, no. Uh, but I don't think. I don't think Yellow. Like exactly. Yeah, it's a. It's a. It's a pure. Well, if I don't fucking cross now, then I'll never get there. Like we're in the last three Ks. I've got to cross now, or or there's no chance at all. Like it's it's better to and die trying. You come you know? in, and especially if you come in and see see them cat and mouse, you know, if you come in and you and you can yeah. see that they're not going very fast, and you can see that they're cat and mousing from a distance, and you're like, do I want to get involved in these psychological games, or do I just want to fucking go for my own win? Yeah. Like it, it's not the brightest move, but it's it's it is exactly racing on instinct. It, yep. It's racing, and I and I love that, and I. I mean, you know, because you don't know how. Maybe, maybe the exact end result would have happened. The exact same result would have happened if if they'd, if if Gillo and Brand had stopped. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe, or maybe it would have gone completely differently. But the 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 point is that, um, you know, the the opportunity wouldn't have even come up if if she didn't, like you say, race on instinct. If you if you don't make that move in the first place, none of the rest, you know, it, it's all it's all wasted. You know, and, yeah. and that's the thing that I loved about it was just that it was a, you know, three k to go. I'll roll the dice. I'll see what the fuck happens. You know, I yeah. Mean... And that love, that we love a plucky trier in cycling. Oh like, hell yeah! You know, yeah. We, we someone someone who tries and fails is yep. is much better than someone who rides a really like clinically sensible. You race. Know I mean, what? this is why exactly. Team like, Sky. This is, this is the thing: is I a hundred percent hand on my heart will always love and treasure that Shara went for it and came sixth you know rather than if she had you know bridged across and sat in and managed to to come second you know like like okay you know but but that just the just the the sheer ovaries involved to make that move was just that moment that moment where I, I keep I've thought about it so many times since the weekend that moment where she comes around the corner and takes that really tight, really far, far turn around yeah. them and just shoots past. And then Lucinda Brown does the same thing. Yeah. Oh God, it's just to die for. And that's bike racing. And yes, yes. And, it's, and those are the moments that you live for as a fan that you, you, you know, it's, it's being surprised by that. It's, it's, it's that just the sheer joy of it, you know? And yeah. yeah, it's just awesome. And yeah, I'll always take it. I mean, look, plenty of writers have built entire careers on crazy and, and, and you know, not the most logical of attacks. That's fine. I'll, I'll always accept it. That's, that's great. So next week, it's on Saturday even, we've got the next live race. And that's the Ronda Van Drenta, yep. um, which is round two of the Women's World Tour. It's a very different race. Um it's not in it, it's in it's in for, for the Netherlands. It's in it's in the really a heartland of cycling, the Drenthe region. Um, it's a festival of cycling that has races for children and hand cyclists and and uh, sportives and men and children and men. <laughs> yes, yes, all of all of those all those uh, sideshows to the main event, which is the women. Yeah. yeah. So they have and. I've talked about the Ronde van Drenthe a lot because the course, it was one of the first races I could see live. Yeah. Yep. It's, I, I recommend get onto your stream early because generally they miscalculate. It, it's shown on a, 
one of, the Netherlands has lots and lots of local stations that don't show TV full time, yeah, but they have a regional station that will show local sports and stuff like that, and local events yeah. and local, so you know, local. It's possible local every now and then that their streaming capacity is overwhelmed, and so connect early is what we're saying. Yes, connect early, connect often, and there are it is streamed live on a number of different regional things at the same time. I'll put a link up to in my blog pro in our post website prowomencycling.com so the run of andrenta it's in the netherlands and generally it's blowing a gale and generally it's nothing happens until they they ride a they ride a big they ride over the vanberg mm. now the vanberg if you know me you know the vanberg is my favorite climb in cycling because you know it's made out of landfill and it grows every couple of years eventually it will be a mountain it will be a dutch alp it will be a Dutch Alp. It's, 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 yeah, it's my favourite climb in cycling because it's ridiculous. <laughs> and if you know me, you know that the cobbles in the Ronde van Drenthe, they're not cobbles. What they are is they're rocks. Basically, it's sandy soil around the area, yeah? Yep. So in order for vehicle, farm vehicles to get down these paths, they've lobbed a load of rocks off a truck and then just, you know, trucked backwards and forwards over them a little bit to settle them. They have sharp edges. They're covered in moss. They're actually quite dangerous. They're in forests, so they're they're on, you know, they're, they're mossy because they're they're in the forest, so they, they it's dark, it's, the rain drips off the trees, Yeah. But the big thing is, so they, so it's a, it's a long race. They, they shoot around, uh, they shoot around this, 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 this big loop through the, through the fields. If there is wind, there is lunatic uh, races. I think Gracie Alvin said nothing happened happens in the first, um, nothing happens in the first part of the race. But, but you can lose it in the first. You can't win it in the first part of the race, but you can lose it in the first part of the mm. race. Yeah. Like she's it because it's the wind, the echelons, if you're not paying attention. But the other thing is, is that roads are very, 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 very narrow. And so you have to hit the corners first. Yep. Like you have to be first in to, to hit the corners. So, um, yeah, you, 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 you want to be, you want to hit that. You want to hit the corners first into the cobbles, into the climb. But of course, Everyone wants to hit the cob- hit the corners first, into the cobbles, into the climb, don't they? Yeah, yeah. So getting 200 of your best, nearest and dearest friends together and all trying to be in the exact same spot at the exact same time is tricky. It is tricky. And it's really, really, really fun. Um, so basically, they they ride out in this big loop. They go over the, the Vanberg for the first time. Uh, they ride this big loop. They go over the cobbled sections. They attack each other like crazy women. Um, they get to the uh, they get to the Vanberg. This time they're doing two climbs of the Vanberg in quick succession. Yep. And that's you know that's that's that's, that's lush. That's going to be a re- well. I mean, they're basically back to back, so it's going to be nice. Yeah. Then they've got about 20 kilometers in a loop around Hugerwein, the town. They go through the finish line. They do another They do another short loop. Now, the town finish is very technical in that it has lots of, yeah. you know, it's got, it's got loads of corners in that last three, in that last three kilometers. Yeah, the last, I can't exactly last three Ks in particular, there's like seven, eight, um, eight pretty distinct, like 90 degree or greater um, corners. Um, and and basically it doubles back on itself um, three times. 
So yeah. it's very, very twisty. And um, it's going to be one of those... I mean, it's always a technical finish, but it's going to be one of those kinds of finishes where um, e- even if you've got a small group towards the end of it, uh, it's really going to be a major advantage for any rider who's who's particularly canny at positioning and, and managing those sort of technical finishes to not just... Um, get a gap and get ahead but actually get lost like you know get around a corner yeah. and not be visible um yeah. which you know is another another potential benefit for the right sort of rider so yeah, yeah yeah and in that last the last there's three corners in the last k yeah that last kilometer there's two left-handers and a right-hander to to the straight for the finish and that's going to be super interesting just depending on on who's in the lead at that point because um, you know, there's, yeah, oh, I mean, <laughs> there's so many different ways that that could go. Uh, right now, I'm just having this sort of mental image of, you know, like one, maybe two riders sort of hitting that last corner and then about 20 metres, 30 metres behind them, the peloton emerges. <laughs> and then it's a race to see who I'm, can get I'm, there. You see, I'm picturing your Lucinda Brands, your Mariana Vosses going into those last corners and coming out of them faster than they went in. You know, like, yeah, you know, yeah, like doing how, the wormhole how thing. Both, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just, just, it's it, it, amazing. So, what kind of rider wins this race? It's, I mean, I guess, I guess Bulls, if Bulls don't have Van der Brega and Guarnier still and Lizzie's not quite ready to win and, you know, and, then that's but they do have Chantal Black and Chantal yep. Black of course won last year out of a group of four with Gracie Elvin, Trixie Warwick and Anna van der Breger. Remember Gracie started her sprint super early because it's about 350 400 yeah. meters yeah. finish line and, and Gracie started her sprint into that final corner. Um Yolene Dora won in 2015 um with Amy Peters second and Ellen van Dyke third. Uh, that was that was a, they were in a they basically it was a small group who were three seconds you know three seconds ahead I think they made it out of that out of that break I can't remember all the way and it's lovely just go and watch all of these uh, Lizzie Danen won it in 2014 solo after Anna van der Brega had attacked and that was when we first knew that van der Brega was you know we knew that she'd come forth a lot but this was like van der Brega putting her marker down for where she's going yeah. to be Mariana Voss won from 2011, 12, and 13 in different ways. She's won solo. She won in a bunch of sprints. She won in a small group. Luz Hunnewijk won in 2010 in this amazing race with uh, Annemiek van Vleuten, where they were teammates at the time, Netherland Blue, and they were in a small group with Bronzini and riders like that, and they just kept a pinging. It was that classic Netherland Blue move of just ping, ping, yeah. ping, ping, attack, attack, attack. Cool. Uh, Emma Johansson won, Chantal Beltman won, and Adri Visser won the first race ever in 2007. Ooh. So do you do you dare to make a prediction for, for this year? Oh... No. No? No. Oh, wow. No. I mean, I, I mean I'm guessing Lucinda Brand. Okay, cool. It's a very Lucinda, it's a Lucinda yeah, Brandy no, race, a very, although... It's a very Brandish race. Um, although she has never been on the podium, so... But then, you know, in the past, she was racing for other riders, yep. you know, um, and there's been a... I mean, last year, there wasn't a Rabo on the podium. I yep. spoke on the year before, actually. But, you know, what happens when Ellen Van Dyke races for herself? Yeah, yeah, true, true. What happens when Ellen Van Dyke? You could. What about Yolene? You know, like again, what I'd like actually is a my heart of hearts would be a rider to who hasn't won something this year. I legit thought you were about to say 
I, I genuinely thought you were about to say that what you would love is for Team DSs to send us their tactics and strategy and race plans <laughs> before we record, you know, and then, you know, some sort of almost promise that we, we promise not to divulge them exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, what would you like to see? I mean, I Lucinda Brown is my gut. Right. Lucinda Brown and Chantal Black is my gut. Yep, yep. But, but just as like you know we were saying we wanted Elisa last week so you know that's that's pretty good um I but wouldn't it be cool if it was like someone like someone who some another steppy uppy rider like Fletcher Mackay for example oh something or, like that would be awesome um or or Spratty or yeah or yeah. Tiff Cromwell or you know or yeah. Eleanor Cicchini yeah. you know I would love any, Ele- any I would of love those would be good too um, my my probable my my counter um, proposal to to your brand though is um, Van Vleuten. So um, I don't know why. Like it's not as well grounded as yours. It's just more of a that's my gut though. So Ooh. yeah, yeah, interesting. Either way, we'll find out in a few days. So yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to do live commentary with me? Um, I I would like to. I'm not sure that I will be able to because I have to find out about that other thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's see if we can find out about if we can if we can do live com if we can do live commentary again. We might. Yes. Um, or I might do it by myself. Well, if I'm not available, you're welcome to you're welcome to do, to go for it. Yeah, but um, or get a ringer even. But um, if I'm around, if if I'm able to be around, absolutely, we'll be doing it for sure. We'll put it on on my Twitter, PW Cycling, um, to see if we if we decide to do live comment sure. live homemade commentating. Um, our homemade commentating is a lot of holy shit! You see that? What the fuck's going on? Rather than actually well, commentating. Yeah, interspersed with me opening beers. So you know, it's, yeah, it's pretty classic. So, so uh, oh, the other racing that I want to talk about. We also had the parasite uh, the paracycling track world championships um, in in um in lovely los angeles loads and loads of really really good results um i am sad that there were no dutch there yep. because of you know we talked about eight weeks notice for a track world championship isn't good enough yeah it's i mean i think the well we've made the point several times over it's just it's not enough time for preparation it's not enough time for for athletes who are not as well uh financed or funded as um as the you know um more rich ends of of the sport maybe um yeah. and stuff like that there's just all sorts of disadvantages that that are just blatantly unfair but at the same time it's better than not having it at all so yeah 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 yeah. and it was and there was you know and there was some so it's kind of like when you look at some of the results it it feels a bit like oh like i wanted to see what i really wanted to see was a gb versus netherlands tandem destruction showdown but actually basically it was gb tandem i think sophie thornhill and corinne hall won uh three all three right you know the 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 itt the the sorry the 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 kilo the individual the, the pursuit and the sprints i mean i adore you know i think that tandem sprinting is the most exciting uh a form of of track racing there could possibly be like all the drama and skills and speed of of, of able-bodied sprinting but on a tandem yes 
Yes. So it was a complete British podium in the in the tan in the um. Uh, it was a it was it was a it was a complete British uh, British, British British podium in the uh, the sorry I can't speak anymore I'm so I'm so excited <laughs> it's so weird. I loved it so much so yeah so it was it was it was very very exciting but it's also interesting because this time of year you get a lot of fiddling around with with tandem pairings because you can you can do that yep. so um, Sean Morelli uh, won the C4. Uh, I, a time trial and um, and pursuits, individual pursuits, um, which was you know American. It's nice when American you know Americans winning on the home soil. Uh, her her Samantha Bosco, her teammate, uh, won her first ever world title in the C five pursuits. Uh, it's you know it was just it was it was it was a it was good and and it's nice that we had a oh oh and Anna Harkowska from Poland won the C four to five scratch with in the C1 to 3 Jamie Whitmore Cardenas of the American winning and there's loads and loads of photos on the UCI uh, paracycling page and you can also watch the final um uh the final day session with the, with lots of sprint tandem sprinting and scratch races live uh, not live it was live um on the UCI website and I'll put links to that in our in my in our in our blog prowomenscycling.com um Lots and lots of really fun updates that were very British because you had um, British Cycling and uh, Channel Four Paralympics just going for it with yep. really fun updates. So yeah, and the and the and the Parasite, the UCI's Paracycling Twitter was doing tons of really good stuff. Uh, Aussies, um, I need to mention Aussies because there was lots of Aussies. Uh, Amanda Reed, who's Indigenous Australian Aussie, won the time trial and the individual pursuit. Uh, she's only twenty years old. Uh, she only started racing um, last year, and it's you know and that's nice. Yeah, uh, it's awesome. I, and uh, Simone Kennedy won this women's C three pursuit. So lots of so there's lots of goals for Australia. You would expect lots of goals for Australia and Britain, but it was it was yeah it was it was great. It yeah. was a good 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 competition, and yeah, lots of lots of excitement and lots of uh, yeah fun. Fun, fun, fun. Um, lots. Oh, and it's nice to see Aileen McGlynn back. Uh, it was nice to see not quite a British uh, a women's a women's. Um, although we had a the although Sophie Fawn, although Sophie Fawnhill and Corinne Hall won their sprint against another British pair, Alison Patrick and Helen Scott. But uh, yeah, it was it was the um, it was uh, it was uh, Aileen McGlynn who was kicked out of British cycling a couple of years ago, so couldn't race in the Paralympics. So it's really nice that she's back. Yeah. But uh, McGlynn and, and Louise Haston, her partner, won the... Um, basically, it was an all-British podium again. Wow. Again, again, again. So if you weren't British, it was probably quite annoying. <laughs> so, so much as usual, rest of the world annoyed by the Brits. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, but in an in an odd in an odd turn of events, America Americans doing really well and not pissing off. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but California, you know, like California wants to cede from America. Well, yeah, yeah, okay, um, but let's save that for our politics podcast. So, oh yeah, yeah. So, um, speaking of our politics podcast, actually, <laughs> there's also and, and, we got to talk weird, about it, haven't and we? Weird American ideas. <laughs> yeah. 
we've got to talk about um, there's this thing that's happened and I think you should describe it because I'm just at a loss oh it's just fucking dumb is what it is like um alright so um in front and Velon have partnered to create Infront Sports and Media and Velon have partnered to create a new race series format that they're calling the Hammer series format. Um, the Hammer series. Yeah, and it's it's like uh, incomprehensible is what it is. It's just one of those things that makes me despair. It's it's there are so many reasons that I hate this already. I I just. Uh, I, so, it makes me feel like a cranky old man, but I'm pretty sure I'm not being a cranky old man. I mean, I could be, but I just, like, I, I roll at the name. The name's just ludicrous. Although, I would love for the UCI to bring out an Anvil series of races just to, <laughs> just for the sheer fuckery of it. I, it's, so, this is this is what the Hammer series of races, it, basically, it's a Jonathan Vorters idea that you know like a lot of the team managers think that there's a terrible problem with people in cycling being loyal to riders and yeah, not, not to teams. teams yeah and that and, and their argument goes that because fans aren't fans of teams it's harder for the teams to secure a sponsorship and therefore we need to change the sport so that it's more like football and fans are fans of teams and have their local team that they support regardless of who's on it now i there's a problem with this because the there's, reason it there's works. There's more than in... one problem with this, but yes, let's start with this one problem. So the reason that so I don't know what sport is like in Australia, but when you look at the places where people's loyalty is to teams, there's a really strong geographical element to it. Yeah. Yep. So you're a supporter of the Leeds Rhinos Rugby Club, or you're a or you're a really unhappy supporter of Bristol City, or you're a supporter of of Man U or or Liverpool. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and there's other reasons. There's like, other reasons why you know there's 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 the club that was the Jewish you know a Jew, well known as a Jewish football club, which yeah, I yeah, think is exactly. oh my god, I'm going to get this wrong. I think it's Tottenham Hotspurs. Let's just Google that because I'm just anyway. Let's just say it. But you always you um, always get those things where like there's a particular reason for a team. I mean, it's like literally why, um, for example, you've got Man City and Man United is because those actually represented different religious backgrounds of the city, um, of of different parts of the same city. You know, that's why there's those two teams and and stuff like that. And and you get a team by being born there. <laughs> Or, or by it being the first place that you live when you move to that country, or you know, being born or your parents, into it. or your dad, yeah, yeah, or, yeah, or, 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 your, or you don't live, but you don't live in yeah, Yorkshire anymore. But, but, but your dad's from, but your dad's from, from Leeds. And it's and, always been your family yeah. team, and it is your team. And and, that's and there the are, and you get it like and that. even though, and even though, even though football people be going, oh yes, Sarah, but there's fans of Man U and fans of Liverpool and fans of Barcelona, especially all over the world. But yeah. there's very, but there's still a very, very strong connection to it to, to, to the geographical place so Barcelona football team beca- is one of the most uh, you know supported teams all over the world but yep. Barcelona football team A has the cachet of Barcelona one of the most exciting beautiful dynamic creative cities in the world but Barcelona football team also was the anti-fascist football team yep. whereas in, in Barcelona so there's, there's also there's also another Barcelona football team who were the pro who were the fascists so supporting Barcelona football team was also a political act of anti-fascism, which I know like people go, oh, well, not, not many people know that. But you know, they also had things like they famously didn't have sponsors on their jersey for years. They paid UNICEF, yep. the charity, 
to support UNICEF. So, and, you know, and they're very stylish. So when you think about, and the reason it's very geographically based is that if you, even if you just picked Liverpool because you were a child, you know, they were, they were the best team in the world when you were a kid. Yep. Yeah. And it wasn't a football team that's good enough near you. Or you pick, um, or you pick Barcelona because Barcelona is just amazing. The thing you want to do most in the world is go and see Barcelona play at home at New Camp. Yeah. Yep. In cycling, the geographic element is about the races and the places. Like, I don't care that Sky nominally comes from Britain, and you know, and you know, I might there might you know, it's some people support it because it's the British team, but really, when you get your geographical fix, you're talking about your riders you love and you're talking about your races you love. You know, the, exactly. the geography and and this it, is. I think this is the key thing that you're touching on is that there's either a really, really strong local geographical um, uh, connection, which, you know, I don't want to go too far down the the sport as metaphor for war route, but we're all broadly familiar with that concept. So, you know, there's that part of it. Or there's, as you say, all of these other reasons that you may have a connection to a team that are beyond geography, but they're all bound in... in other things they're they're bound in identity and and standing for something and meaning something whether that's part of a religious community or a political belief or whatever it is there's more to it than oh i like their jersey you know like it's it it's i i i'm sorry but i just don't see this desperate drive to try and force fans of cycling to like teams first and most yeah, and, and especially when you look at the teams that are involved, yeah? Mm. So they said, uh, they're going to say it's about the team. So this is, let me read you something from the Hammer Series thing. When it comes to the Hammer Series, it's not about the rider, it's about the team. In order to find out who's the greatest, you need the best. Best what? Races in the Hammer Series will write, will invite the world's top professional racing teams, up to 18 in total, to pick up, to pick up the gauntlet and hammer it all out. Mm. So here's some of the teams. Uh, Bahrain Merida. Okay. Um, Orica Scott. Yep. Uh, UAE uh, Team Emirates. Right. Team Sky. Yep. Now, what do those teams have in common? What do those sponsors have in common? Rupert Murdoch? Okay, Bahrain. What's Bahrain mostly known for? Um, I actually don't know what Bahrain. Human for. rights abuses is what Bahrain's known for. Right. Okay. What's What's the UAE? What's the United Arab, Arab Emirates known for at the moment? Large buildings. And. Um, water desalination plants. And. Ferrari World. Bombing people. What? Aren't they been known for bombing people? Am I am I confusing my um? Am I f- confusing my? Um... I'm really sure you're confusing your Arab states there, mate. Oh, fuck! I am. Am I confusing my Arab states? Um, what's teams? What's Sky known for? Um, Rupert Murdoch. Yeah, and what are they Arseholes. about? Assholes. Yeah, and what do what's Orica the um? What's Orica the uh, the company. company known for? Mining company. We are, what else are they known for? The stuff they leave behind after they mine. Yes, exactly. So the thing is, as you look at those, okay, so I'm sorry about UAE Emirates. Maybe I'm being mean about you. Um, uh, but yeah, 
Um, but they're not as you're not as bad as Sky, Bahrain. You know, do you know what I mean? That like, you yeah, look at those, you go. Is, the huh. point is, they're not teams that that have a strong or you know bound ideological identity or or whatever that that someone's going to be naturally inclined to go. Oh, you know what? They stand for you know human rights in in this situation and and are doing great work to help refugees or or something. You know, like there's no there's no thing like that that makes you go. Oh, look, they care more about the environment than anyone else. They've got all this thing and and they've invested to make sure that all of their race is carbon neutral and doing this, that, and the other, and or, or whatever. Like, that, you know, there's none of that. There's no particular connection between this Hammer Series racing thing and where these teams are from. There's, there's, uh, it's just so self-serving is the thing that I think really shits me. Well, and so the team is everything. So they start off with a load well, of different riders. They, they say the team is everything, and then they say... Um, that they need to that they need to um, have the best, and and I say to that, oh really? The best what do you say? Do you mean the best riders? Because <laughs> fuck off! And you know, and, and and in any other sport, any other team sport, guess what? Those teams have individual athletes that fans love. Like <laughs> fucking. But then, but then this is this is how the series works. I, I I had to read this a couple of times because I didn't really understand. So it's team versus team. Only one team to win. It's been designed to maximise excitement for, for 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 fans and viewers. So they start out with a hammer. Everything <laughs> you know, is hammer. You know what that's the hammer... for, though. You know you know what it's designed to maximise excitement for fans and viewers. You know what that's code for, right? What. Tickets. That's code, Tickets. That's code so, for we're putting seating by the side of the course and you'll pay, you know, a hundred bucks a head to sit in one spot and, and watch, you know. So day one is the Hammer Sprint, where teams race 10 laps of the 10K circuit with sprints on each lap, points available for the first 10 riders over the lines on each sprint, double points may be awarded on certain laps, and bonus time gaps awarded per position after day one, You're which count do you even yeah. track, bro? Do you even track? Like, yeah, it's basically a points race on the road. Yeah, all I mean, it's it's, it's basically an American criterion where there's a preem on every lap. Like, <laughs> day two sees the hammer climb. Another points race over ten, seven to ten laps of roughly ten kilometer courses with a testing summit finish on each lap to really test the world's strongest team's legs by pushing them into the red. Points are awarded at the summit finish using the same point structure as a hammer sprint. First ten riders over lap double points may be may be available on certain laps and bonus gaps. Right. Then, on day three, is the stupidest one. It's the Hammer Chase, a 50-kilometer time trial with a twist. Teams start in the same order as the leaderboard after the first two days of racing, with the leading team going off first. After a fixed time period, they're then chased by the second-place team, who are in turn shortly pursued by a third-place team, and so on to deliver a gripping chase to the line. The time gaps between the teams are based on fixed time gaps per position and bonus time gained during days one and two. And whichever team crosses the line first secures the Hammer race victory the overall women, winner at the end of the hammer series earns the ultimate bragging rights as the best team in the world cycling super team proven so this is kind of like and, and this is where i this is where it really loses me right this is kind of like the world series of baseball version of cycling like they've picked a series of races 
that literally don't exist anywhere else in the world are going to crown the winner of it the best in the world. You what? You know what? You know what I find extraordinary? They've taken cycling, which is a slightly complicated sport to get into in the first place, and it's like they've added the most complicated parts of road to the most complicated parts of track, and I love track, but, you know, explaining the points race to my family who don't watch racing at all over the Olympics is a, is a chore. It's quite t- It's quite hard work. But, you know, there's also an elephant. In the- oh, well, here, here's the other thing. They, they, it's so American. Win or lose, race is a brotherhood. In the Hammer series, the team is everything. Like, well, yes, that's cycling. But there's also something very, very interesting about the whole brotherhood metaphor well, and the manliness metaphor. Because... It's, because, it's super interesting that they they seem to have not caught on to the fact in 2017 that um, that 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 not only men ride bikes. I I was talking to someone on Twitter who was saying that he hadn't even noticed that women weren't involved in this, and he felt quite bad about this. And I was like, no, no, don't don't, because you would assume that a new sports event starting in 2017 might notice that there are women in the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and the Hannah, the me, Hannah series. I, I mean, I okay. So I come from a country where right now it's it's really interesting and actually really exciting here because you know um, uh, women's cricket has really taken off in the last couple of years in Australia um, and is going great. Last year, the AFL, which is our dominant um, Australian rules football code and the most popular sport in Australia, um, decided to test whether or not there was an audience for women's football. And so they put on one exhibition match during the regular season of, of women's Aussie rules football. Guess what the audience size was? No, no. The, the audience came in at, I think it was just under 1.3 million live viewers in a nation of 25 million people. It was the largest viewing figures for the year, including the grand final. Of the men's? No. Uh, yeah, yeah. Of Like, it was the biggest televised event the AFL had all year. Like, it, it beat all of the men's matches. All of them, including the grand final. Like, it's... like th- this is the thing is, it's not just that, it's not just that you would expect that, that uh, in 2017, an event organizer would know that there are women in the world. You'd think they'd have noticed that people are fucking paying attention to this stuff. You know, well, the, the, the same thing with same thing with the cyclocross. The national, you know, we, I yeah. say this a lot, but there's the Belgian national championships were shown on sports. Sports isn't the whole of Belgium. It's it's the whole. It's a Flan, it's Flanders and 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 re- region. Like one one million one point two million watched the men's uh, men's cyclocross national championships. Uh, one point two. So one point two million watched the men and around one million watched the women. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like this is. We, we've seen this I, over and over and over again that when um, sports organisers and broadcast companies work together to make this stuff available, people watch it in their droves. But what I, what, what I really don't understand is this, this, this Hammer series, Hammer series, yeah. is, all about, is all about trying, it's you know, we want clunky. to do something new. We, we want to do something new and innovative and, and groundbreaking, so we're going to do it men only. Oh, it's such a clunky phallic metaphor, too. It's horrible. Oh. It's just, it's, but the thing I find 
really so I've been comparing it and, and I can see why people get cross with me about this but I was comparing it to the launch of the Enduro World Series um, Enduro mountain bike racing it's, it's a very new it's a new mountain bike discipline and it's uh, it's like a mix of it's like a, it's like a stage race there's a mix of different races throughout the competition that you get points that add up you also have to ride between the stages so it has you know it's yep. it's it's just it's it's beautiful but enduro world series when they started they absolutely they were very lucky because they had two incredible mountain bike personalities women tracy mosley and Anne caroline chasson who's just a genius of of like off-road of, of off-road off-road racing these are two extraordinary women who are also very very you know just hilarious and funny and you know if you can't if you can't sell something using Anne Karishasson and Tracy Mosley, then you're just not trying. You're just, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, you're not, you're not bothering. Yeah. So, so, and it's, so, I mean, they, they don't, they don't, the, the, the metaphor doesn't work on a lot of, the comparison doesn't work on a lot of things, but Enduro World, World Series absolutely started as having women there. And although there's a much, much, much smaller field of women than men, you don't really, you know, they, they still give tons of tons and tons of time to the women. And of course, uh, Tracy Mosley and, and Caro are, are great stars, but they've also been kind of doing lots and lots of interviews with riders about, so that you get to know Annika Berton, you know, you get to get to know Cecilia Ravenel, you know, you get to know these other stars who aren't, you know, who aren't as big names as, as Mosley and Ancaro. And, and then you, but it's a good, you know, and that's a good thing. And so it does. And then Velon so the excuse is why is there no women racing in in the hammer series is oh well it's because there's no women's teams in velon this organization that's trying right. to you know the jonathan yeah, led yeah, organization right. that's trying to take over the world and you're like well that's not an excuse that's yeah. why are there no women's teams? oh well yeah no but they do have because orica and sunweb are both members and they have women's teams it's like well orica and sunweb are doing the job fucking badly then but it's that's not an excuse either it's not an accident in 2017 that something is men only well, you know it, it, it's not an accident and also i mean i have to i have to look at the involvement of jonathan vorters who you know while not the ceo of velon and or whatever and not in charge of velon you know made it very clear in his announcement about the thing that um the second he got wind of this being a, a thing he wanted to be involved with it and and his tawdry history with women's cycling um, yeah, you know, and and I can't help but go. Well, yeah, like it's not it's not accidental at all. Like this is a group of and and it's something that is actually pretty common in all sorts of organisations. And you know, and I think I actually said it earlier. I'll say it again. It's self serving. This this is a bunch of people looking to serve their own interests at the expense of the sport. They don't give a fuck about the quality of racing. They don't give a fuck about whether fans are excited or not. They're trying to make money. That's what they're doing. They, they, they're not trying to make cycling better for anyone except themselves. That's, yeah. that's all this is about, is about securing sponsorship for teams and making teams seem more important than riders. That's all this is. And, yeah. you know, which, feel, free, which to, is feel free to tell me that I'm being way too salty and way too judgmental. You know, that's fine. But that's that's where it sits for me. So, yeah. Yeah. So, 
no women in oh and then they they uh, lovely shane stokes of course asked them um about this and said oh well there might be a chance for women to race in the future and of course you know the the, the hammer series isn't only about the bike races you can you know women can come and enter, ride in our sportifs i just want to punch whoever said that in the throat you know, it's like saying, no, 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 we won't let women race, race, you know, race it and take some of our precious, precious cash. But they can pay to ride a sportif. Yeah. And of course, we really want them there as fans. Of course we do. You know, I mean, God knows what they're going to do when it comes to podium girls. I'm, I'm, I'm just guessing that, that I'm just guessing there's going to be some kind of. Uh, yeah, you I know. don't even want to think about it. I mean, look, it's it's. Uh, look, who knows? Uh, who even knows if it'll actually go ahead? I, you know, there's no date, there's no um, venue, there's no. Fucking... Oh no, there, there is one in Limburg. They've got the first one is in Limburg. Oh, is it? Okay. Which is bizarre because you know the Nether- and, and people are, which is the Netherlands is normally you know packed full of jam packed full of of, of gender oh, equality and stuff. So you know it's it is a bit weird. But anyway, yes. Yeah, so that we've ranted about that. I just I yeah, well, hammer hammer sprints. We've given it all the attention it deserves and probably a fair bit more. But yeah, like so. Ugh. Okay, so <clears throat> before we go, before we go. What was your favourite, 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 favourite part of Strade? Well, no, hang on. No, we've done, I mean, what was if you could if you could only have one thing to tell someone about Strade, would it be Shara Gillow burning past? Would it be the way Elisa rode the corners? Would it be Elisa's joy crossing the finish line? Yeah, what is your? It's hard to it's hard to say but the bit that the 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 memory the bit that sticks with me visually that i keep seeing in my head over and over and over again is shara's attack and and move past the the lead group um you know i mean i i do think about uh the the beauty of elisa's positioning through the climbs a lot but i sort of have to remind myself of those Whereas when I think Strade, the the image that unbidden comes to mind is Shara's great attack. So that's that's probably what I have to give it to. Yeah, last last year's Strade, the image was the riders cat and mousing at the bottom of the climb hmm. before they exploded up the yeah, hill. That almost track stand before Lizzie kind of went eh and just took off. Yeah. yeah. I and oh Okay, which races do you think are gonna beat it? Um. Or, well, I always have high hopes for Flanders. Um. That's definitely that's definitely one up there. Um. I yeah. I I. It's going to be weird because it's weird comparing a classic to a stage race. And again, this is wildly obvious. But I sort of hope that the Giro, um, competes in some ways. Um. Just I I mean particularly the GC competition specifically rather than any particular stage i just mean overall um and oh i don't know i don't know um well who would you put up against it i mean i i find it hard to to make a an instant comparison i suppose the the you know liege or or Something like that would also be amazing if it if it came out to be that dramatic and that iconic. Um, you know, that would be amazing. 
Yeah. I mean, if you're new, if you're relatively new to the world of women's cycling, if, uh, in Pro Cycling magazine this month, I've got a piece uh, about the lesser known races of the women's world tour. And it includes lots of rider quotes about, you know, what they think makes it special or how, how they win. Um, so if you, you know, have a look at that, that's, that's my. It's that's a my great, plug for the week. It's a great little primer on um, on some of those races and, and what to look for in them, which is a, a really handy thing. Um, as always, if you would like to help um, yourself to look better and feel better and be healthier, you can go to patreon.com slash women's cycling and uh, contribute a couple of bucks a month to help keep Sarah in tea and biscuits. Um, so that she can can do all the work that she does to keep uh, new news and and how to guides and and interesting interviews and what's whatever else going on at prowomencycling.com. Um, that is always welcome. As you mentioned earlier, you can talk to her on Twitter at pwcycling. Uh, you can talk to me on Twitter. It's highly discouraged, but uh, but you no, can Dan do is it. lovely. Talk to Dan. Ask talk to Dan. Ask him for music recommendations um, and places to eat in Sydney, and uh, ask him what he feels about oh. Australian politics at the moment. Or we could talk about women's cycling. You know, like yeah. or we can talk about women's cycling. We can talk yeah. about women's cycling. Tell us, tell us your ultimate favourite part of Strade Bianchi. Yeah. On um, Dan's at Dan W Official, I'm at PW Cycling for Pro Women's Cycling, which is also our website. And thank you. Yes. Thank you. And thank you for being with us this journey. We'll also let you know if we're around to, to live commentate Drenta. And uh, if if we're not, we'll be back talking to you next week anyway about the race. Thank you very much for hanging out. <laughs>